24 hours a day, seven days a week. A new way of radio and the beginning of a new talent. Moncoradio.com, where music and minds meet. Welcome everybody to Damage Radio. I heard here live on MakaRadio.com or Music Reminds Me. That's right, I said live on MakaRadio.com. I'm RC alongside my main man, Matt, the Ultimate Kiss fan, Matt Porter. Woo! And we were going to come back. We had to come back correct. I got to come back with my man. He's been a longtime friend and a longtime guest of this show. Head coach of the world famous Monster Factory from Paulsboro, New Jersey, Mr. Get Ish Done. Danny Cage. Danny, What's welcome up? back, man. How's it going, guys? I, I, it feels great to be back, man. It's so surreal to, to be in here. Th- this headset is a little awful for me, though. I feel like I feel like Beetlejuice. I love it. Like with the headset on, but yeah, it's it's great to be back, man. I, I On the ride in, I was like, I can't remember the last time I was in. It was a couple of years ago, at least. At Probably least. when you were calling me a slacker from uh, showing up a little late. Well, when aren't you a slacker, bro? When aren't you a slacker? <laughs> Damaged. <laughs> there you go, Matt. You're back on it. I'm back. So, how's everything been going, man, since COVID mania hit and everything's been shut down and we're all back it's, slowly? It's wild. It almost seems like it's been, like, three or four years. But, like, at the same time, like, I see, like, Riddle and Damian Priest on TV, and I'm like, oh, my God, it was, like, five years ago that they were pretty – I think it was, like, four or five years ago that they were at the Monster Factory. So, it's, like, the time – it, it it just molds into everything because like I'm just like oh it was just last year I'm like no that was like a year and a half ago mm-hmm. two years ago you know it's we replayed that issue of uh, completely damaged where they were here right and it was you and Riddle and that's 2015 I know right so you know it, it's funny because if you listen back to that he's still very green you're starting yeah. him off and it's not lost when you watch you know WWE and there he is top guy yeah it's 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 like I said it is so surreal but like. Everything takes time. People don't realize how much time it took for him to get there. Like, he got the tryout and wasn't like, all right, you're hired. It was a couple years, and then he was hired. Same with Damian Priest. Like, it wasn't an overnight thing. And, you know, Damian Priest and Riddle probably both tell you, I I know Damian has said it before, but, like, they're kind of glad they didn't get picked up because they weren't just ready. Of course, they wanted it then, but they realized once they got in, like, okay, now I'm ready. Before they weren't. So, like, sometimes when you don't get selected for things, it's a blessing and then not so much a, a curse. I saw it uh, just last week at uh, AEW. There were some people not selected for extra work, and they were all down on themselves. It's like, just keep showing up. You're going to get your shot, like, eventually. Like, you're putting in the work. All these things pay off. If I can see the hard work you do, everybody else can in wrestling. And, I, and that's one of the biggest things that will, will screw with somebody's head is, Oh, uh, I'm not going to make it. I, I didn't get picked. It's all it's all over. No, it's it's not the case at all. For you, uh, a lot of people like you know maybe doubted you and didn't think you can do it, man. You, look how many people are on TV now because uh, of you, dude. It does not matter. I could Vince McMahon could walk me into Raw with with me on his shoulders, telling everybody I'm the god of wrestling and to worship me, and they still wouldn't because I didn't perform at WrestleMania. I wasn't on ECW, I wasn't at WCW, I wasn't at AW doing dropkicks, so like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, but these same marks will buy John Madden football, 
and call him a guru. Uh, you know, last time I checked, you know. But, hey, he coached somebody in the Super Bowl. Right. I coached someone who got to the WWE, who got to Ring of Honor, who got to AEW, who got to Impact. Yeah. But wrestlers are such marks for themselves. They have to have, like, since it's not quote unquote real, there has to be another measuring stick. So the other measuring stick has to be you can't coach it unless you've been there, brother. Cool. But I do, and I do it better than you. And you've been there, and I have more graduates that have gone on to be better. So, like, what does that say about you? I'd say it says more about me. I'm fucking... Oh, I, you get yeah, I knew it was going to happen. Yeah, I cursed. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I'm good. But just not yeah, good at uh, not cursing. Someone get him a Red Bull, please. Yes, I do need a Red Bull. You know what? Do you think that when... It's like the greatest commercial for what you're doing at the Monster Factory is that right now every promotion... Has a monster factory guy. Yeah. Or two or three yeah. or four. Yeah. And, and that's just... But someone goes, he's not that good. He just coaches a lot. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, good coaches get yeah. to coach a lot because you're good. So you get more people to come to you. It's... it's it's That's like blows my mind. Like, it's just... I don't... It, the mentality of fans and even those in wrestling, it'll. I still get sideways looks from people, like, you know, and then people wind up coming in and seeing what we do, and then they go, okay, now I see, yeah. you know. But 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 there's always going to be those those doubters and those naysayers, and it happens forever and ever and ever, and then you know, eventually I'll die. It'll be like the year 2080 when I die. And uh, people will be like, oh, he was so great. He did this. He did that. Like, that's what we live in. We have a society where we only thank and appreciate people when they die. That's why I like, I might be a bitter bastard. I can say that, right? That's, that's, that's acceptable. <laughs> it works, yeah. I might be bitter, but like, I really like love things in front of me and cherish things while it's in front of me and say thank you and appreciate things. But at the same time, like, if you're an awful person, like, I will drop you and not want you in my life because you're just an awful person. Uh, so, like, we live in this time and and date where, like, uh, we don't appreciate what's in front of us. I'm so sick and tired of all these great people, and I'm like, this is a great person, this is a great person, and then, like, something happens, they commit suicide, they drop off the face of us, they go away, they're, they shun everything, and then everyone goes, what happened to him? He was so great. I'm like, well, he was around for five, ten years. Why didn't you say it then? Mm -hmm. Maybe he wouldn't have left. Maybe they wouldn't have, maybe they wouldn't have uh, res resorted to some awful things. So I, I, I just, I did a lot of reflecting during uh, COVID. Uh, it, was, it was actually like one of those deals where like you make the most of it. I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to be inside for X amount of time. Let me do some therapy. Let me start moving around more. Let me start asking questions I haven't been asking before. Let me start looking into things, you know, learning different skills and stuff like that. So when I come back, I come out of it with something positive as a, as a except, hey, I stared at a wall for eight months and complained about everything. Like, that's another thing that the pandemic, I think, showed us is... Um, most people, they weren't upset that they were had to stay in or protect people. They were upset that nobody could wait on them. That's the biggest thing I saw was like, hey, you know, you're killing these businesses. No, man, like what's killing the businesses is we have these restrictions and you don't want to follow them. Because me as a business owner, I never had any issues 
with any of the restrictions. It was people that coming to my business that didn't want to follow them that then put my business in jeopardy because they think they know better because they're going to be in my life for the next 5, 10, 20 minutes, an hour, whatever, that they're in my life. <laughs> but they know better than right. me and everybody else. And then they go on to the next thing because they want their endless apps and they want to stay out late and they want to go to Hooters till 2 in the morning. We all do. Right. But, like, let's fix this thing. Like, we, we've never gotten through anything by ourselves. We really haven't. I, I mean, it's, it's called United States of America for a reason. It's not just called America. Right. You know? Yeah. One thing I do admire about you so much is that um, if someone says something wrong, you'll stop the show. And, oh, and, yeah, and you'll yeah. call it out. Or if someone's in a deep, deep spot and needs someone to talk to, you put your number yeah. on t- on the email, social media to reach out to you. It's always about them, not about you. And that's what I admire so much about well, you. Well, that's it, it. But it is also about me because, like, that's what helps me get go on, you know, like being there for people because like no one was there for me. Like, and you know, there'll be people like, Oh, I was there. No, but you weren't because you weren't saying like, there's a huge difference between there for somebody and yeah, I'll just say hi to you if you need help. Because, right. like, I've had people where they I call me up at, like, 3, 4 in the morning and, and talk to them for a couple hours, whatever. And then they'll apologize. Everyone's like, no, dude, like, when I'm done with this, I'm going to go back to bed. I'll be fine. And I was like, you're the one who has to, you know, move on and, and get better and figure things out. And sometimes it is just somebody holding a door for you. It's just somebody being nice to you. Like, like I said, like, I can be an awful person, but it's awful for a reason. Same way... If somebody comes to see my daughter or see my wife or come into my house, I might not trust them as much because I don't know anything about them. And then once I trust them, sure. But, like, there's a guard that's up, especially for someone like me. Like, I can, like, look back at, like, all the different people that have screwed me over, not just in wrestling, but in life in general. So, like, I'm kind of jaded. Like, I'm always, I, I, what I try to do is, like, I'm not trying to change the world. I'll make sure it doesn't change me. But, like... It's so hard to be, like, an open book sometimes because, like, you know so many people that are just trying to get in there to glom off you to get your stuff and then get right out. Right. You know, they didn't get what they wanted, so they're gone. I see it right now. Like, it, I mean, granted, in wrestling, you see it all the time. And, and I tell our kids when they leave, like, nah, don't worry about me. I'm, all, uh, you know, I got to I take care of myself. But everyone's like, no, no, I swear to God, when I get signed, I'll be there every day. I'll, I'll, I'll text you. I'll talk about the school and how great it was. You don't, and you don't see it, and and you know it's it's tough, but it's kind of like the cat's in a cradle, you know. Right. They moved on, you know, and I was like, oh, you know, grew up just like me, and that's just the way it is. Uh, but at the same time, you know, it's so cool to get like a random text message, like, yeah, I see what you're doing, you're doing great, and this and that, and it's awesome. But it's it's a, it's a tough road out there, especially like after the pandemic. It was either I pay my mortgage or I pay the rent at the building. And if I pay the mortgage, cool, I got a place to live, but now I have no place to make a living. So basically it was pay the pay the rent that they weren't adjusting. They weren't holding my rent back. I didn't qualify for the, the funds. So basically it was me trying to figure out a way to make money to keep a building open and not pay a mortgage. So like I owe tens of thousands of dollars on a mortgage. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if I didn't do that, Sammy Miami isn't it? Two hundred five live. Yeah, he's not at two hundred five live now. He's not at, signed at NXT. You know, our kids aren't getting opportunities and all that. So I think about that like as a success story, like because like I I accepted I wasn't going to make a lot of money in this because I actually took a pay cut leaving Verizon to come to this. But 
this was what I always wanted to do. My wife supported it. My kids support it. So, like, the payoff is watching everybody else get to live their dreams. And I'm living my dreams, too. It's just the decimals are moved a little bit for the uh, paychecks on those <laughs> dreams. Um, but it's, it's, it's so cool to, like, see what Damian Priest's doing, what Riddle's doing, what QT Marshall's doing over at AEW, what Cody Vance is doing, you know, what everybody's doing, like Ian Riccoboni. I mean, it's just we're everywhere. And that's I think it's great. Like, I was backstage at AEW, and there was – uh, Primal Fear was there. Nick Camarado was there. Mimi was there. Gabby Ortiz was there. LSG was there. You know, QT's there. Cody Vance is there. It's just like, this is so cool. And at the same time, it's not like, oh, everything I did. No, man, I just opened the doors. They had to come in there. They had to put in the work. They had to make the connections. They had to do all that stuff. And that's the cool part. That's that's the payoff. Like, that's just like, you know, the, the proud papa moment. Like, I always used to tell the students, like, we had, you guys know Mark Cruz. Mm -hmm. So Mark Cruz used to always be like, oh, this is a family, this is a family. But I hated that word because, like, you know, we got a call. Uh, I hated that word because, like, I didn't have a good family. So I hated to call things a family. Uh, but I get it. Like, just because I don't like that term doesn't mean we can't use it. I mean, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. It is family. So, like, that's that's one of the cool things about it is, like, seeing that everybody come together and the lineage of everybody that's come there it's, it's pretty damn cool nice yeah, thanks for calling damage radio who's on the line well none other than the fairy godfather of the aforementioned family uh, the voice of the monster factory for the last five years for ron burgundy ron. ron burgundy what's going on ron how's it going uh, not too bad. Just uh, taking a couple of minutes here during my break at work to uh, to chime on in and uh, kind of follow up with the fantastic event that we had this past Saturday night with a lot of twists, turns, and everything else. Definitely. Now, Ferran, question for you. Um, when you first started off at the factory to now, what have you learned through Danny Cage that you didn't know in the beginning? That he doesn't have to be terrified of me. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> You're implying that I've still no, no, that that's not. True. <laughs> I, I have actually learned that. That is that is true. Now, uh, Damian Priest, on the other hand, no, he still scares the bleep out of me. But no, I, I, I was gonna say you, it's only an hour show. So I mean, as far as what I've learned from Danny, I, I think I could like just ramble on for the rest of the time, and nobody really wants to hear that. But no, it, it's been—I uh, mean—it's been a heck of a journey, and uh, it's still continuing. You know that they, they always say the journey is uh, more fun than the destination, and I'm just—I'm just enjoying the ride. Definitely. Now, how do you feel about your tag team partner on on that booth uh, with uh, Chaz? He definitely brings like he and I have been a great pairing that pretty much clicks from the start. Uh, I, I mean, there, there's just something about having that natural chemistry and dynamic and uh, he he and i play off of each other very well and it's just grown over the course of the last you know four or five years danny what are your thoughts great to have him back yeah i love them as a pairing i, I think they feed off each other well uh so how should like so like i'll get a, like he was talking about the twist and turn the show state and you know i don't believe in kayfabe i think it's the stupidest thing alive I just believe in kayfabe, like, curtain to curtain. Like, when the show starts and the show ends, that's the kayfabe. Like, you know, when the movie's on, the movie's off, that's it. So, like, driving in, uh, it's 6-something in the morning, I get a text from Cutler, and they canceled his flight. 
So I'm like, what the heck? And then he's just like, yeah, I can get another one for X amount. And he's like, but. And I was like, oh, man. And he's like, and, and then they're offering me, they like offered to fly him in the next day. And then like, then like, yeah. So I was like, all right, don't worry about it. We'll figure something out. So as I'm driving in, I'm like, all right, what we're going to do is we'll, we'll just, I'll, I'll name like Golden Era as one to replace us. So I was like, no, nah, then everybody's going to see it. I was like, because what we planned on doing was pretty much the exact same ending. I don't know if you guys saw it. And uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah, get over it. You should have watched it. Uh, so basically what we were planning on doing was having all the matches go the same as they did. And then Macklin versus Bobby Buffet was going to happen. And during it, he was just going to, you know, Bobby would have his moments. But Macklin was going to be all over him and, and destroying him. And, and Macklin was like going to grab a chair. And I was, like, going to go in and be, like, see him grabbing the chair and him put it down and be like, you know what? Just to make you happy, I'm going to make this a no disqualification match. I'm heading out to my car right now. I got the beer on ice. I'll, you know, we'll head to the bar right afterwards. I'll be outside waiting to give the, you know, that I was out of the building. And then what was going to happen is as soon as he started to get on Bobby and about to unload the chair, that's when all the baby faces were going to come in and do essentially to him what they did to me. Uh, which was beat the crap out of me, and uh, and then um, yeah. So anyway, so once that happened, I was like, all right, I'll just have it be me, and I'll just paint it like I'm gonna actually wrestle him, and then have it just be like the biggest swerve where like everybody just comes out and beats up Bobby, and I just go and you know ceremonially pin him, but then he kicks out. Yeah. Michelle hits me with something. Bobby hits me with a big spear. Pin one, two, three, and then I wanted it to have the belt on symbolically that he had to like rip it off me which was like the worst thing ever for me because I um, I think I popped the cartilage in my left rib um, it's really bad uh, and then not only that like it went into my thighs like it dug completely and the belt completely dug into my thighs and uh, yeah it, it was it was pretty painful but it was fun when it happened, and then like I got home, I was like, "Yeah, that's why I don't wrestle anymore, man." <laughs> but then I'm so stupid because like November 20th, I am. Uh, we have plans to, like I said, card subject change. We'll see if anything changes. But like the plan is the blow off, and probably the blow off will probably be. That's the 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 precursor to December 18th being over with with everything. Hopefully, yeah. Um, but that's what I like about wrestling is like. We should be able to discuss this and storyline. Like, no, like everyone's like, okay, Infinity War, Endgame. No one goes, oh, you're ruining it for me. No, man. Like, this is what's cool about it. Like, we can discuss the story arc and where everything goes to. That's the art of pro wrestling, not hiding it from people and, and being so carny and stupid. Like, it's an art form. Like, I can talk about art. You know, people can talk about the performances on stage and people can talk about working with this actor versus this actress and this and that. Like, that's what we have to get to in pro wrestling in my mind. And I've said it since I've ever talked about pro wrestling for as long as I can imagine. Kayfabe is stupid. All right. Fran, your thoughts? I'm hard-pressed to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Ron's like, oh, man. I'm keeping it short also because my break's up in a couple of minutes, so I do have to roll. All right. Well, Fran, we appreciate you calling in, man, and uh, we can't wait to get you back up here. See you, Fran. I miss you, buddy. Uh, Miss you, too. Uh, The plan is uh, I should be there tomorrow evening. And no one cares. uh, Drop the call. Right? (laughs) (laughs) Slacker. Love you, too. Great to hear from you, Ferran. Yeah, Ferran. 
I love that day. I, I miss that personality so much, man. Yeah, I love screwing with Ferran. <laughs> I would have dropped that call in a second. As soon as he goes, I'll be in, I'll be like, oh, yep. man, yep. I must have had a bad connection. Nice. I love it. Oh, I must have, must have dropped your call. Sorry about that, Ferran. So with the whole COVID, did you ever actually just go to the building with no one there? And yeah, just- yeah. Right in the beginning, I did a couple times, and I went and I like worked out a little bit. And plus, I went in just to like smell the gym. Um, but the, the thing is, like, a, a lot of the uh, high school kids still had keys to the building. Mm. And, like, they're, like, licking doorknobs and stuff, like, not, like, caring about anything. So, like, I was, like, having to make sure, check the security cameras to make sure no one was in the building. Uh, but then they, like, disabled the keys, which was good because I had, like, a physical key to get in because, like, we had key fobs before. Right. So that was good. Uh and then we changed up what we did again. Like we we had two rings, and also I sold one of them because I was like, all right, well we're not having big camps for a while, and there's five thousand dollars sitting on the side, and I need bills paid, so mm-hmm. I sold it for like twenty five hundred, and built a studio out so we could do stuff, and invested, got a switcher and stuff like that, so all the kids could learn everything. Like we do arena tapings, and Goldie runs that, and the production. Like we have like a crew of people that come in to do production. Awesome. And they put it together themselves. They do the commentary. And here's, I'm going to read you a text message from Goldie, which is great. Uh, I got it like one in the morning. Uh, let me just make sure. Uh, and, and Goldie, if you're reading this or if you're hearing this, uh, get over it. Uh, after last thursday i am planning on taking arena very seriously i understand why you get pissed off with these idiots not coming in on time and doing things i'm i'm adding that to it he just said idiots but this is what we're referencing because we were just talking about people not coming in on time and doing things but but my name is on it and i'm planning on making the show actually good not just a few random matches. I want real stories and stuff you don't really see on current day wrestling. Just some late night thoughts that have been building up, LOL. But this is like stuff we talk about. And this is like where we get like people that are like minded. Like when it was like me, Louise, QT, like they wouldn't book the shows. I would pretty much book the shows, but they would like handle their matches and stuff. That's why like a lot of people got to get used to the way I do things. Like I don't book with people. Uh, I prefer to do everything alone. That's That was probably my downfall of Future of Honor as well because Hunter gave me carte blanche to do it by myself and then people didn't like that because mm-hmm. they wanted their two cents, but their two cents was like, oh, I want to see this match. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care what you want to see. Like, we have to, this has to make sense going forward. This storyline, this isn't fantasy matchups. This is uh, stories, you know, it's just... The, the, that mentality is gone. It's 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 very silly. This isn't the you know the greatest hits. Like I like a story, right? Um, like the Golden Girls thing with Betty White and uh, the Goldie and all that they do. Yes, that's that's that that's what I love. I love that the Golden Era does their own thing. I try to tell everybody take advantage. Like you don't know how many. Like I got in a discussion with somebody. He's like, hey, I want to learn X, Y, and Z. I was like, okay, but like. I, I, I laid this comparison down to him. I said, you, so you want to learn these new moves and new holds because you don't think you're being noticed. I was like, but you're not being noticed because like you don't exist on social media. Like you have an Instagram account with no posts. Yeah, but I use stories. Okay, again, you have an Instagram with no posts. Stories go away. Yeah. So nobody can look up your history or see anything about you. Your Twitter doesn't exist. But you think because you know this new moves and holds that all of a sudden people are going to come to you. 
So if I had a restaurant and I was a really good chef and I'd go, you know what? I don't have a sign out front. I don't have a billboard. I don't have a phone number. I don't have anything. But you know what told me back? I don't know how to cook really good. So I have to learn new recipes right now. So I learn all these new recipes and nobody still shows up. Well, then there must be something going on. Yeah, it's because you don't advertise. So like get all that squared away, then the other stuff. Like all this learning stuff happens as you come as you go along. You can't just go, I want to learn X, Y, and Z moves. That will make me better. No, it's everything all together. You can't just pick and choose. Well, I don't have Instagram because I don't like it. I know. Yeah. I, there's a lot of stuff I don't like. But we have to do it if we want to have people come to us, get customers. Like, I don't like a lot of things I do, but we have to do it to get everybody better. Like, I don't like doing warm-ups for half hour, 45 minutes. Like, we never did any of that stuff. We never did strength and conditioning. It was all about wrestling. Then all it takes is for a couple kids to show up someplace, and they're gassed, and they blow up. Then it becomes Monster Factory guys blow up. Nope, not happening on my watch, so now we do that. Um, but this is stuff they have to learn. It's not about the moves, the holds, everything. It's about moments. It's about creating. Like, look at all the hot people. On, but then they go, yeah, but Undertaker, he doesn't have social media. He doesn't, he doesn't post every day. What about Aleister Black and other? Yeah, cool. Get to that level. Yeah. You know? They, <laughs> that's like when someone. Dan, I have the greatest character. <laughs> and I already have my entrance worked out. So, and I'm like, you know what? You should just work on entrances because that's why they signed Undertaker. <laughs> they saw his Undertaker, they saw his entrances before he even started. And they're like, you know what? We need that. Like, th these people focus on the stupidest crap. Like, just get out there, wrestle, do social media, network with people, become a brand, treat it like you're a business. Right. I can't take you seriously if you go, I don't do that because I don't like it. Okay, then. Why do you exercise? Yeah. Why do you eat right? I don't know that many people that like it, but they like the results, so that's why they do it. Yep. You know, I don't really like social media. I don't really like it. I don't. It's fun to go out there and vent and stuff, but I'd rather just wrestle and not have to worry about that stuff. But this is part of what we do now. Yep. Same with back in the 80s and 90s. It was putting a VHS tape and some 8x10s and an envelope and sending it out to people. This is your part. But the only thing is this is easier and this is free. Yep. But people won't do it because they're stupid. It goes just within doing Malco Radio and having your own show. You have to plug it out there. You have yeah. to use social media as a platform. It's there for a reason. Yep. And and it, you'd be amazed at the people that don't want to use it and the people that use it and then they bitch and moan if it bites them in the ass. But I got one subscriber, my mom listening, right? But, you know, that's actually probably one of the biggest changes since we started doing Completely Damaged. Back, you know, you figure, what year was that? Like a billion years ago, 2013, right? right? And the funny thing is, we would show up to the convention. He's wearing his suit. I got the big camera. People would clamor to come over. Can you put me on? Can right, you put right. me on? Now everybody's got a platform, and they, well, you know, yeah. if they look at you, they want twenty dollars. Right. Oh, yeah. like, or when Dan and Pretty Boy Larry Sharp, when he said, "Don't you bow when you see a king?" Yeah. Don't you boom, see coming. Bangkok. <laughs> yeah, that, that's changed a lot. The whole social media because now everybody has their platform. So like, they kind of look at you like, eh. What are you? What am I going to get from talking but, to you? But at the same time, like if you're good at what you do, people will come. Like, like, like someone goes, someone said to me, like, why do you put everything out there? Aren't you worried about them stealing? I'm like, good, steal it. Like, you can't do it better than us. I dare you to. Like, there's wrestling schools everywhere. Nobody has a success rate. Nobody. Right. Nobody at all. Thanks for calling Damage Radio. Who's on the line? 
It's DJ D. Cooks. Danny, how are you guys doing today? Yeah. What up, what up, what up? Dan Cooks, how's it going, what man? It's, it's going real well. How about you guys? Where were you at, Danny Kugler? <laughs> Silence. I, 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 I was busy. You were what? Busy. You were busy? Slacker. You wouldn't have been busy have, if we had like half a New Japan on our on our roster yesterday, <laughs> Saturday, with a ten-hour show. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, love you, I love you, Danny. You know, I wanted to actually thank Danny Cage for. I want to give a genuine moment. Um, I have my dream job right now, and and that's due in part to Danny Cage's work and ethic, and due to. Um, his work to actually helping people out when they're down and out. And I was pretty down and out when I came to the Monster Factory, and he gave me a place to be myself. You're going to make me cry, Danny, so stop being mushy. <laughs> <laughs> Do I love Danny. Danny. So how, how's, how's your job going, bro? It's going real well. It's going real well. Sweet. It's going real well. So... All right, well, I, I we, we, have, we going to see you back on October 30th, or are you, you going to no-sell us I, I, and watch I, I, New I Japan? Hope so. I hope so. What are you going to dress up for October 30th? What am I going to dress up as? Yeah. I, I'm going to get a mask. I'm going to get a mask. Hopefully. No, nah, I don't get a mask. Come on. We'll Everyone do some, does We'll that. do some cosplay stuff. Yeah. Dude, be Super Mario. Yeah, be, be, be somebody from the Big Lebowski. I'll be yeah. the Big Lebowski, and we'll have some fun. <laughs> yeah. You can, yeah, you, you can be, be the Jesus. Nasty. You can be it. the Jesus. I love it. I love it, guys. Thank you, guys, for letting me call in. And hey, Danny boy. Yo. Love you, bro. Love you too. Thanks for calling, Dan. Bye. Yeah, I had to cut him off. If some of us get too mushy, I get emotional. Definitely. But it's people like that. But they, seriously, though, like I do get like that. I found like that. Like uh, my whole life, I've been able to like. I haven't, like, I have zero issues growing up, like, with, it's so weird, like, when we think about it, like, so you can laugh at a movie, you can get scared, you can get angry, but, like, if you cry, you're some kind of, like, mm -hmm. but, yeah, I do, I, I cry a lot, but you know why? Because, like, when you laugh and you do other things, like, you can talk, but when you cry, you talk like an idiot. <laughs> you're like, <laughs> but you know what's funny is, like, we, we were talking about it earlier, the fact that, like, right now there's so many people who you have helped get where they're going. But when you talk to somebody like that who came to you at a crossroad in his life and found what he was looking for, I know Kooks very well, that's got to make you more proud than anything. Oh, yeah. like that's Because you change someone's life. Well, for the better. Well, that and and like somebody like Cody Vance, and I know this pisses off other students, but I said it to Cody Vance when he came to visit. I said, he's like my favorite student and best student. And I say it because like he's not the greatest wrestler. He's not. But he's like the greatest kid. Like he's like a genuine good kid. So like when you're when he's like, again, he has his fraternity stupid moments because we all do it like. I keep forgetting that they're in their 20s. Like, I'm 47. I'm almost 48 years old. So, like, when I look back, like, I was talking to somebody, and they're like, oh, I was 23. I was like, oh, when I was 23. I wasn't even training yet. Like, I was a disaster. Like, I was collecting for a drug dealer and a bookie. I was, I was in bad shape. Yeah. You know, like, you guys got your stuff together. But, like, to see somebody like Cody Vance, who's, like, somebody who's a genuine good guy, who's doing good things, and is in wrestling, sure, he likes all of it, but, like, the best thing that he likes is to help people. 
and to have those moments with the fans. And you see it with Negative One. You see it with everything else that's going on with the Dark Order. Like, he's the man. Like, he's just a genuine good kid. And that's why, like, I'm so glad that, like, he wound up, you know, we had the discussion of, do you guys know, like, how I got him to wind up joining wrestling? So he called uh, Jake something. I'm sure you guys know him. Knew him from uh, Michigan and talked to him and said, you need to get to the Monster Factory if you want to do this. So he contacts me and I say, hey, we have this big camp coming up and we're talking and we're talking. And he goes, oh, well, I have graduation. I'm going to walk in my graduation. I go, hey, man, I'm not telling you not to walk in your graduation, but this is a pretty big camp. And all I'm going to say is if you had tickets to the Super Bowl and it was your graduation day, would you go to your graduation day or would you take the chance and go to the Super Bowl so you don't miss that opportunity? He goes, I would go to the Super Bowl. I go, well, have you always wanted to go to the Super Bowl all your life, or did you always want to be a wrestler your whole life? And he's like, I always wanted to be a wrestler. I said, all right, well, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but we'll just talk later. So he hangs up. He just goes, yeah, I'm coming to the camp. (laughs) And he showed up, and the rest, but the thing is, like, Joe Briscoe, he saw, like, the mini documentary about it and saw that, and he hated it. He's like, I think you gave some bad advice. And I said, Gerald, like, you can say that, but like I had a feeling about the kid with talking to him. You know, I wouldn't have said that to everybody. Right. You know, if the kid was telling me he's, you know, you know, five foot five, 140 pounds, and got all F's his whole life, and his family's a disaster, and he's the only one who ever made it, then I might say stay, walk at graduation. But, you know, this is just one of those situations where it was a read, and we just saw how it went, and the rest is history. You know, then it right. became. QT opened up his school. He had a chance to go down there. Yeah, sure, I ain't going to stand in the, in the way of an opportunity. I'll never stand in the way of an opportunity. Yeah. Uh, and then, you know, he went there and the rest is history, you know. Did you think that after that documentary it would be an AEW or did you think that was? Well, they, I mean, there was no AEW right. then. I yeah. mean, that documentary was 2016. Mm-hmm. And the payoff for it is coming soon. You guys have zero clue about it. But uh, there is, I can't say anything other than there's a huge project coming up. Uh, life-changing stuff to the point like where I don't care if like back in the day I wanted to work for like AEW and WWE and ROH all that like I don't care so like right now I'm about to have like that uh, that letter after E and then the U money mm-hmm. yeah I'm about to have that oh nice but it takes a while again like it's overnight like for example like the the people that I'm dealing with are like, you're the winning lottery ticket. It's just a matter of time. I said, yeah, well, guess what, dude? Like, it's been a rough couple years. So, like, that winning lottery ticket to someone who's been in the desert means nothing. I'd rather have some water right now, so fix this. Like, let me get something, do something, because, like, a winning lottery ticket means nothing to somebody in the desert. So, like, I need, like, some hope, some light at the end of the tunnel, and everybody in wrestling needs that. But... What's going to come up is uh, cool because uh, there's it's really just me uh, and what we do. And that's the greatest aspect I can think is, like, I don't have to worry about anybody else but us. And that's when I operate the best. Uh, like, it's so infuriating to me, honestly, because, like, we get, you know, Sammy signed, and I didn't know when we could announce it. And I think that's bull crap, mm-hmm. especially, like, the communication. Yeah. Like no, with matter, no matter who, like AEW, WWE, ROH, whoever. Like, 
I don't know why they wouldn't communicate with me because like I always help them out and get them talent and stuff like that. Like for example, like I, I like I stopped emailing WWE about going into coach because it's not even worth it. Because like in my mind, you know, I might be saying things that might piss some people off, but like here's me. There's no coach in wrestling who has my track record right now, but I can't go down there to coach for a week right. to guest coach or to even be considered being hired. Cause I already asked them that too. They, they're like, you're not even in our pipeline. Like you're not even a blip. So I'm like, boy, you guys do have things together. Don't you? Yeah. Uh, here's somebody who created his own system from scratch. Um, and it works. It's, has a proven track record years and years and years of when people go places from coming to my place they're done they're ready they're ready all they need is a little bit of polishing and 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 learn the situation their system but like i can't even get uh yeah come on in man this would be great so like it happened back in the day like 2013 and 14 they're just like no we don't have guest coaches how can you not be a blip when their top guys right now all came from your school? It, because I, like I said, if I was in WrestleMania, if I was at ECW, even for a cup of coffee, I would be God. Right. Because I didn't, there has to be something. But here's the thing: they're like, he has to be working people. Okay, if this is pro wrestling, wouldn't you want the best worker teaching people things? Right. I don't understand that. They're like, oh, he's working everybody. Cool. If I am, let me teach them how to work people. Well, someone listened to you regarding the network after you said it the next ne- the yeah, next I, week. I know. It changed. I know. Like, I, I laid all that. I totally forgot about that. I laid I out not. how to change, change the WWE network. And Live then, here. And then miraculously, they do a lot of the stuff. Listen, there's tons of stuff I could go over that they people would, but they, they'll never listen to it. They'll, they want yes men. They want people. And I'm not just saying... WWE, I'm saying everybody wants this. I saw it at ROH. Nobody wanted, they wanted, they didn't want what I was bringing, which was change and being better and basically self-sufficient and not having to worry about people falling off a truck, pretty much, is is what they depend on for talent. Um, I I just do things a different way, and that's why I think also I'm probably not like that much. But at the same time, like, I'm an artist. Like, I don't, I'll never understand how a wrestler, and this goes, and this is a defense of Vince McMahon and, and stuff they do too. So, like, if someone's in a ring and does something, it's like, oh, it's art. It, you know, it could it could defy all explanation, but it's an art. But then Vince books something that doesn't make any sense, any terms, and it's all of a sudden not art. You're messing with somebody else's art, meaning the wrestlers. Well, it's Vince's art. Yeah. That's they're, they're, his paintbrushes are the wrestlers. His canvas is the ring. You know what I mean? Like so, like it's his art. So if he's doing something stupid, you have to respect it just as much as someone doing six backflips into a super kick and then gets pinned with a roll up. You can't go, oh, that's art. It's subjective, and then go, Vince is ruining wrestling. That's he's an artist too. Yeah. So like, suck it up. Yeah. I don't know where we went down that path, but it's always fun. <laughs> <laughs> well, talk about more. Uh, you don't give enough credit. Like what you do at your school, like you make sure everyone knows. Everything in there from the food stand well, to the front door, and that's well, what it shows with Sammy Miami. We try to. That's the that's the thing. But at the same time, like Sammy Miami, like he'll tell you, he butted heads with me like a lot of times because he wasn't giving a hundred percent, but he didn't understand it. Like one time we were doing we were jogging, I said high knees, and he just half ass gave the high knees. I said high knees as he walked ran by again. 
Said it again. Then I said, Sammy, get your stuff. Get. Leave. Go home. Sent him home. Then I asked him, I said, what was up? He goes, well, someone at school, you know, he works at like a, a special yeah. needs school. Someone threw a desk at him and hurt his hip. I said, yeah, but if you told me that, there's no issues. But you didn't. And I was like, and plus, I, I, I can't even believe you right now. Mm-hmm. So, like, that's it. So then he was just at WWE. And he told me, he's like, you know what? Everybody there is trying all the time, 100%. And if they're not, they're thrown out of the building. Yeah. That's how you do it. That's how people are coached. But you don't know anything. Yeah, but I don't know anything. Because, like, you know, Dan's evil because he doesn't understand the art of wrestling. And it's supposed to be fun. Yeah, the fun part is after your training. The fun part is performing. Yep. You know what I mean? Well, you the, get a little fun out of watching them throw up in yeah, the bathroom. Yeah, but I mean, that's fun. Yeah. All, that's, all that's fun, <laughs> watching throw up. But if we, have, we actually haven't had... Uh, we Actually, we did a couple of days ago. Uh, we've had some during shows recently, like a couple of people having to run out of the building and throw up during like, matches, but it's more or less nerves. Okay. Um, but yeah, like that's the, that's the thing is like, it's not overnight, and... People don't even realize when they're learning. Like, we'll get people like, oh, I tweaked my knee. I won't be in. Why? Get in. Yeah. Learn. Like, you stop being such a mark where you think you have to be in a ring to learn something. Like, we, it's so sad, but we can't announce when we're doing promo classes because people won't make the hour and a half drive if they know they have to talk. Because they think wrestling is all about getting in the ring. Right. And, that, you know, and that goes for a lot of people who made it. I know people that made it that were like that. Matt Riddle, he hated promo classes. He hated it. Bro. He hated it. And the thing is, like, he would just say, like, I just want to be myself. Yes, be yourself. But you have to be able to do it all the time. I still think the funniest thing ever is when he forgot his line and just left. (laughs) That was my favorite moment. And he's just, because it was genuine. He's just like, "Ah, I forgot what I'm going to (laughs) say. And just carts off on it and just leaves Asuka standing there. It was, like, brilliant. It was was brilliant. Yeah. Uh, I got to ask you though, Unc, I never asked you live um, or in general. Um, when we did that camp, and and I actually put them on and put, and laced them up and ran the ropes, and did a promo. What were your thoughts at the end of that? How, how did you think I did? You did really good. Like, but here's the thing: you knew it was going to be over. You know what I mean? Like, like that's why. Like, when everyone goes, Shane McMahon is unbelievable. He throws it all out there. I go, I don't know, man, because like, sure he does it, but like, he doesn't have to do it the next day. And the next day, and the next day. Like, it's easy if someone goes, you only have to be good once a year. But at the same time, he had to be good to begin with. Right. Uh, but but it's the consistency that's the key. Yeah. You know, everybody can have a good idea. Everybody can have this great thought. It's the, it's the pulling it off. And you did. Like, you did great. But the thing is, I don't know how great you would do for two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Maybe, maybe we'll find out. But do it, dude. You're I dare 48 you. years young. I dare I'm 39 you. years young. So. There you go. Dude, the, the age I said is a, no running the ropes this time because I did go through that front. <laughs> age, age is a number, man. Like I realized that. Like I've, I lost like 35 pounds during uh, COVID. Uh, I quit drinking almost completely. I said almost. Yeah. Uh, like, for example, like it used to be I got done training, and the kids, you know, the kids were young. They were like 10, 10, 9, 8 years old. So like, if I get done like at 10, 30, 11. I come into the house, I wake them up, or they want to hang out with daddy, or, mm-hmm. oh, daddy's home now. and yeah. So I'd be like, all right, I'll just go to the bar and hang out. So I'd go to the bar two, two in the morning, it's like a half a mile from my house. Next thing you know, I drank beer, I ate wings, all these things. Now you do that two, three days a week for five, six years, right. there's going to be 40 pounds of sludge on you. <laughs> and that's what happened. And so like with pandemic hit, I, all I did was like just stop eating garbage. 
and started to to do to do different therapy and to stretch more and to do stuff. Like I barely exercise. I would just not sit down as much. Right. Like this is driving me nuts, sitting down. I hate sitting down, but I know if I stand up, I'm going to be rocking and wires are going to be hitting all that stuff. But yeah, I hate sitting down. It bothers my back. Uh, like if you watch me during training, I'm constantly up walking around. During a show, I never sit down. Uh, and I, yeah, you're constantly moving. Yeah, and I, it just drives Sometimes me nuts. I'm afraid to say hi because I know you're already <laughs> thinking something. Well, that's, that's another reason. Oh, high. man, that's another reason. Like... So if ever I don't shake anybody's hand at a show or even like AEW, Ring of Honor, WWE, if I'm backstage, because like I did it somewhat at AEW, I tried to shake everyone's hand, but I also see, I can recognize when someone's in their head thinking about a spot, thinking about something or whatever, they're distracted. I don't want to then insert myself of, hey, how you doing? Nice to meet you, Danny Cage. So like, I hate that because like when I'm at our shows, I don't want to be bothered. And I can feel people hovering. I'd rather you leave me alone. Like, I know you're there. You know there. they're there. Yeah. yeah, I know you're there. I know you love wrestling. You don't have to pr- prove you want it by shaking my hand. You are here. I'm not, like I said, I'm not, like, there's too many people in wrestling that try to make things a big deal because wrestling, quote unquote, is fake. So they have to make some kind of code, some kind of fraternity bullcrap. I don't buy into it. Again, it probably gets me heat. It probably gets me look sideways, but like, that's just the way I am. I don't like to bother people. I don't like to shake people's hands all the time. I don't think that's the measure of like whether someone wants it or not. Uh, so like so so sorry, but I don't care. That's uh, just me. Like if you don't shake my hand at the monster, I don't care. Just go, hey Dan, what's up? And I go point and I go, cool, what's up, man? And guess what? I'm gonna forget your name because I don't remember anybody's names. I'm so awful with names, like. If if I go, hey, what's up, man? It's because I don't know your yeah. name. Hey, Carmen. It's Cameron. Okay, never mind. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was Carmen. My bad. Oh, man. Uh, by the way, uh, Mike Spanos made, made, made me sure to me tell you uh, he said meow. Yes, yep. and he uh, we got, so, of course, this is, you know, me putting myself over, but it's with also by putting other people over. So, Spanos, uh, we were at the AW show, and Homicide was there, and we're like, we're just hanging out and bullcrapping, and and we both looked at each other, and we were like, "Do you want? Do we want to sit in the crowd tonight?" I was like, "I haven't watched a show as a as a member, like, because when I watch it, like ROH and all, you're on the floor, you're next to the ring, but like I meant like up in the stands. So like, um, luckily somebody came to us and got us like the suite that they get to use. So we're up there. It's me, Homicide, his brother, G's. G's was there. Good seeing him. Um, and then like Dark Order and all were up there with us. So we're, we're hanging out. And I was like, you know what, I'm, I want a beer. And, and so did Homicide and a couple other people. So I went across to go get a beer. And as I'm in line, Spanos is there. And like walking by, he goes, yo. And I go, dude, we're right. He goes, yeah, I was talking to Cody, you know, Cody Vance. And uh, looking to get a, a picture with my nephew with him, you know, and all this. I was like, dude, we're right there. So just wait. And he's like, well, he's not with me. I was like, well, you can still walk inside with us. Plus, you can help me carry these beers, you idiot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we do that. You know, I need somebody to hold the door, damn it. Right. Um, so we go inside. We see everybody. And I'm like, go run and get your nephew now. This way, it'll get done. So he came in, got in the suite, took the picture, boom, got him out. But so those little things of, like, the serendipity of, like, 
Spanos being there, you know, Spanos signing up back in 2012, whatever, him bumping into me. But, like, we just created a moment for his nephew that his nephew will remember his entire life. And if it's not your nephew and it's your cousin or something, I'm sorry. Uh, either, yeah. either way. You made dreams possible. Yes, a little tiny uh, uh, member of your family. He yeah. was, like, four or five years old or six years old, something like that. So do we have a chance of maybe seeing a Flex Appeal, too? Uh, who? Uh, who? A Flex Appeal, too? Oh, my God. I thought he said something dirty. No. I thought you said. Spanos uh, and Macklin? That would be great. I think Spanos is done now. I think he's. Uh, you got that itch he was telling me. Yeah, but he does. Yeah, but there's ointment for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's called a couple bumps and you'll right. stop. Uh, I'd love him to come by and do it again, but I think like he's down the path of like, hey, uh, I'm just gonna sit here and and be like, hey, what could have been? But he's gonna run into like what I run into. Like when I got to my 30s was, all right, one more shot. But then you don't give it that one more shot. You give it that one more. Oh, I thought this is the way it was gonna be, but it's not as easy as I thought. So I'm quitting. Right. Uh, And that happens to everybody, man. It's that reality check. That's why like. My biggest thing with with training the guys and girls is to push them, because if we could all do it on our own, we wouldn't need coaches. So like, if I'm just there to be somebody's friend, then I'm not your coach. I need to push you, and whether it be sprints, whether it be showing up on time, having uniform, you know, making sure to check in, all this stuff. These are all these things that are going to help you down the road in wrestling. If all they do is teach you arm drags, drop kicks, and all that other stuff in psychology, you'll be a decent wrestler, but you're not going to make somebody money mm-hmm. because guess what's going to happen? You're going to wind up getting fired because you do the wrong things because you don't show up on time. You don't have your uniform. You don't have this. You don't do that because you never learned. If somebody at wrestling school is just teaching you moves and holds, that's not really a wrestling school. That's just more like a tumbling class, in my opinion, because right. like there's more to wrestling than what happens in the ring. Because if that was the case... WrestleMania would be, all you would need is them to set up the ring and take it down. There would be no, there would be no press. There would be no thing. There would be nothing going on, other than the rings being set up and taken down. That's it. But there's a lot that goes to it, and that's what some people don't realize. And that's what we try to recreate with like having our studio there, and everybody can see all aspects. And guess what, man? We're gonna have 40 students there. Probably 30 aren't gonna do any of that. 30 are just going to wrestle, show up whenever, uh, whine, complain, you know, or just be like I tell everybody, I don't mind if you don't get everything, but at least just give me effort. And then somewhere along the way, something might click and you go, you know what? Now I do get this. Now I do want to do this. Right. You just have to give it that chance. That's that's the biggest thing. I t- The hardest part about wrestling is showing up, man. Mm-hmm. Showing up is the hardest part. So with that in mind, I mean, look, if there's anybody out there that's listening, wants to try out for the Monster Factory, wants to get involved, one, how do they get involved? And two, what do you look for somebody walking in the door? All right, well, you can just hit me up, text me, or call me, 609-471-7904. If I don't get back to you right away, I will, I promise. Uh, I have a very busy schedule. Uh, like, uh, after I leave here, I got to do stuff. Then I got to do stuff for my family and, and all that stuff. Then I got, uh, we probably won't do production class tonight because it's after a show. We'll probably do production uh, this Thursday. But it's, what I look for is, I don't look for anything. What I'd like, ideally, is someone that wants to be coached, wants to listen, and is an open book. Uh, I, I prefer... Uh, 
honesty over everything. If you're having a bad day, let me know. If this is going on, let me know. If you're having trouble at home, let me know. If you're having trouble with tuition, let me know. I'd rather know than have you disappear. Because any good coach or good teacher does not want to lose a student no matter what. Uh, that is why, like, we're just, like, so hopeless, honestly, because, like, we always think there's a hope. It's a good thing and a bad thing because we tend to not give up on things. Again, this is a good thing and a bad thing, but then also it's a lot of wasted energy and uh, it can be counterproductive. But just know that, like, if you want to do this, the path is there. It's very easy, It's it, but it's so difficult. Like, everything is there. Um, it would almost be like, oh, the, the the key to immortality is just keep breathing. Uh, you know, just keep just keep doing this. Uh, yeah, but, I mean, that's what it is in wrestling. It's keep doing this because eventually you're going to work so hard that people will notice. And that's what's good and bad about pro wrestling is there is no schools, meaning, like, you're not going at 8, 9, 10, and 11 years old to learn these things. You're learning all of it at 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. So there are those stupid things like the handshakes and the showing up and all that stuff. And these are those things that weed out all the people. And, yeah, I understand it. But if you learn every aspect of it, then all that other stuff is little, man. Like, it, it, you could be, like, Sammy Miami. Like, he refed only a couple times. But the opportunity was there. I was talking to somebody from WWE, and they're saying, hey, we're looking for students that, are, uh, that can speak Spanish and are X amount of age and X amount of height and weight. And I said, I got two right now. And the other one was one of our guys, Marvelous. And Sammy got picked. And, you know, it was nerve-wracking for him because you get picked, but then you don't know if it's a definite until you show up. Wow. You know what I mean? Because, like, sure, the, he signed the contract. He sent it back in. He has to report. He has to get a condo. He has to get this. He has to get all this stuff. But at the same time, like, he could show up and be like, nah, you know? And I realize, you know, and I'm, uh, I realized that at ROH. I thought I had the dream job for the rest of my life, getting to do that, and I was there 90 days. You know, warranties last longer than that shit. <laughs> it's stuff. It lasts longer than that stuff. So what, keep, what keeps you going? What keeps you going besides these kids that have the drive? I, I, it, what keeps me going is me. My payoff is, like, I'm going through therapy through wrestling. My payoff is helping people. Uh, and I know people are probably like, that's bullcrap. You're just an evil man. You don't want to help people. <laughs> no, but, like, that is my payoff. I honestly love helping people. My payoff is, like, getting a text message or getting that phone call, Danny Kukler game. I like that more than, like, Sure, it's cool to see like Riddle and Priest living their lives and all, and, and uh, on TV and all. But like, getting messages like that when you like change people's lives, or like getting a, a call that like, "Hey, I'm sober now after four years and all," and you stop me committing suicide. That's cool, cooler than all that. It's just that that doesn't pay bills, you know. That's that's the hardest part. But like I said, what we got coming up, hopefully, will it, it's life changing. Uh, I can probably tell you guys some information off the air but uh it's it's pretty cool it, you're gonna go oh now all this makes sense mm -hmm. i see again the serendipity of it all that's like i'm not a religious man i'm uh i don't believe in all that but like some things just fall into place i call life like plinko man sometimes like you just go right down the middle and yep. you find that and you, for no rhyme no reason i started all the way over here I have no idea. I started all the way on the far right. I am, for some reason, I landed right in the middle of that board, and I got all the money, and everything's paying off. 
and me and the family get to go someplace and have fun. That's that's all I'm, I'm looking forward to is just one day in life and wrestling things that all pay off for me, not just my students, but me financially. Because like that's the biggest thing that's kicking me in the ass right now is like, all right, ten years, eleven years of doing this. Because I thought like, oh, I get one student signed, it'll all change. All right, well now we're on like ten or twelve. <laughs> You know, like we're averaging one student signed to a contract a year, not to mention like the students re-signed and, you know, signing with other companies and stuff like that. Then we're averaging, you know, two students a year. But like, but hey, I wasn't at WrestleMania uh, right. in 1984, so I don't know how to train people. Yeah. Or your track record. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, 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 you know, I wasn't in ECW to yeah. show up and get hit with chairs for 10 minutes a day. Uh, I, I didn't go to WCW and collect a paycheck. I, I, you know, so like. But you have a state of art a facility. Yeah, yeah. But you know, I, you know, I just, I just, for some reason, have a, like this great track record of just like getting lucky. Right. It's because I coach so many people. That's why. Well, thank you so much for always looking out for us, man. Whether no, it's bringing up guys, Riddle, I love Tommy Macklin at the time, you know, just always looking out for us and yeah, keep going one step higher. Man. Yeah, yeah, man. And you guys, if, like I said, just hit me up, Danny Cage, 609-471-7904. I'm on social media, the Danny Cage, the number four Monster Factory, uh, the MFPW, all that stuff. I run it all. Hit me up. Well, it's great to be back, Danny. Thanks again for coming up. Matt, great to see you. Woo. And remember, fans, don't keep it nice and neat. Keep it completely damaged on MockerRadio.com, where music and minds meet. Completely damaged! Completely damaged!